Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by ColorCast. Guys, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time, and it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS uh, app store, create a profile, and link your Twitter and join a group. Follow me at BTU Larry to be I, to be notified when my room goes live, and we'll be going live on ColorCast every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come and join the spiciest takes. Come find the new home for Club 34-7. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in Sports Drink, spelled like Sports Drink but without the vowels, so S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you We're trying not to let out the funk. (laughs) What's up, guys? Without further delay, we have finally the 2022 NFL schedule, and uh, it's about time. It's I don't I don't remember when it was that it changed because we were you know traditionally you get the schedule about two weeks before the draft, so that basically you know you know you you can kind of start. It was actually probably more of a tool for the broadcasters than anything else that they would, um, you know, be able to say like, oh, well, this is when number one pick, you know, Trayvon uh, Young, I think, was the number one pick. Uh, You know, the first time that he'll face so-and-so in his division will be week number five or, or, you know, or whatever. And, you know, for whatever reason, it's been pushed back into mid-May now because it was just released on Thursday uh, on the 12th. What you're going to hear is the live show from ColorCast on Friday the 13th, um, where I, uh, you know, shared it with the uh, world, where I broke down the schedule and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, be sure to join us uh, on ColorCast every Friday for Club 34-7, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, each and every uh, Friday on the ColorCast app to uh, join in on the uh, discussion. Uh, you know, basically, it's a chance for you to, like, be my co-host uh, if you want uh, to contribute to the show, ask questions, uh, you know, talk about the uh, topic or hell, change the topic if you want. Let's see what we can do there. But, um, you know, I'm a big movie guy. Um, I love the MCU and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, throw it all out there. The new Obi-Wan series is coming in a couple of weeks on on Disney Plus. And uh, I don't know, man, just for my money, 
The TV series are better than any movie that they've ever done. I, I don't care what anybody says. Just that the TV series gives them more time to flesh out the characters and whatnot. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett and, and whatnot than I am of anything of any movie that they put out. And I like the movies. I've always been a fan, but those, they don't, they don't hold a candle to the TV shows, not even for a second. So talk about that with me, you know, cause we're in that, that, uh, that dead period now, uh, between the, uh, between draft, the schedule release. And now it's, it's a, a vast Valley of nothingness between now and, and the start of training camp, which doesn't come until the end of July. And maybe it's a week earlier for the Bears because we have a new head coach uh, and everything this year, but that's still two and a half months away. And I know that's, you know, two and a half months, you blink an eye and it's here, but still, that's 10 weeks that we got to get through. And uh, it's going to be a long-ass 10 weeks. You guys know how the summer likes to drag itself out when we're all waiting for football season to start. So, uh, anyway, I... um. Broke down the uh, schedule. One thing I wanted to do was uh, I forgot to actually break down the preseason uh, schedule. It was also announced along with the regular uh, season schedule. Three games uh, per the new usual. Now that we have uh, nine home games, there's only one home game for the preseason uh, this year, and that is the opening matchup of preseason. We'll start at home uh, Saturday, August 13th against the Chiefs. That'll be a 7 o'clock excuse me, a noon kickoff. My mistake, looking at the wrong one. Uh, then we're on the road for the last two weeks of the preseason. Uh, quick turnaround for the Bears as they play on Thursday night, August 18th at Seattle. Uh, I'm not sure where we'll catch that. I'm sure it'll be some kind of local channel or something like that. Maybe you can catch it on the NFL Network, something like that. And then um, fast forward to the following Saturday, August the 27th, on the road at the Cleveland Browns. So I guess maybe we're starting that tradition up again, finishing the preseason with the Browns, but that's it. We're home for the Chiefs, on the road for the Seahawks, on the road for the Browns. That is your 2022 uh, preseason. So, And with the three games and we got a new coaching staff, I'm very interested to see how much our guys play uh, in the preseason this year. With a new head coach, new offensive system, a lot of new guys on the team, uh, I, I think that uh, you know that Eberflus and company would take advantage of the uh, the opportunity to get these guys uh, some reps, not just the not just the backups who are trying to make the team, but the starters uh, as well. You know, get some live action uh, against uh, some of your against guys that are not wearing your uniform and that you're not going to take it easy on and uh, and things like that. So. Very interested to see how the how the preseason shakes out uh, for the Bears because we all know that Matt Nagy treated the preseason like it was the plague. He just you know wanted to get rid of it as quickly as humanly possible. None of the none of, none of the starters uh, did anything uh, with it or, or anything like that, especially to our detriment last year. When um, you know, like I said, I'll stand, I'll go to my grave saying that the we that Andy Dalton, God bless him, never got a fair shake. Um, you know. Number one, we were all way more excited about Justin Fields than we were about Andy Dalton. Um, and, you know, Andy Dalton was out there playing with our fifth, sixth, and seventh receivers. And maybe one of the five guys that was going to be blocking for him week one was out there uh, on the field with him uh, and everything. It just it wasn't a good look uh, for him. He wasn't out there with anybody that he played with week one uh, against the Rams. It was a disaster. So, but... 
Matt Nagy is no longer at the helm. Therefore, it, it seems like uh, what uh, Eberflus and Getze and Williams and, and all those guys will be doing is, is uh, using common sense and logic in order to build our football team and get them ready uh, for week one uh, when we uh, start off at home against the 49ers. But uh, we'll talk more about that here as we break down uh, the schedule. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, this is kind of like... Uh, you know, almost it's like day one of the 2022 season because now it's real. We have a schedule now. We know who we're playing. I mean, we've known since the end of last season who we were playing. We've known where we were playing them, but not when and in what order. So here it is. It's all laid out. So without further ado, here is the 2022 preview of the schedule. I, I just, I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'm so excited. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Excited I even bungled how I wanted to say that, but... It's the 2022 NFL schedule preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. The path to Super Bowl 57 has been laid out by the NFL with the release of the 2022 schedule. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for the 2022 schedule release episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and here we are talking about what it's going to take for the Bears uh, to get anywhere this year. I mean, there's so much talk about what they will and won't be able to do uh, this year with the uh, the new coaching staff, and and a lot of people, I think, are still... That's the, the one thing that's tricky about the beginning of every new season is that you're looking at it through the lens of last year. And not only is it a brand new season, but everything else basically is brand new. We've got a brand new general manager, a new head coach, brand new coordinators. We're going to be putting a brand new offense and defense out onto the field. There's going to be a lot of new faces out there. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean that they're going to be worse than they were last year. I mean, think about what happened last season. We managed to win six games when we basically had no offense to speak of. We were averaging maybe 16 points a game, and there were actually a few games in there that we should have won on top of the ones that we already did. So everybody, I think, can agree that Matt Nagy is addition by subtraction. Getting him out of there gets his non-cohesive, scatterbrained offense out of there as well. It also gets his stubborn way of, of thinking, the my way or the highway thing, with uh, you know running his offense as opposed to running what best suits the personnel he has on his football team, and you know we'll see where we go from here because I mean 
what we're hearing from Luke Getze, what we're hearing from Iberflus and from uh, Ryan Poles and Alan Williams, our new defensive coordinator uh, and everything, is that they're going to tailor this so that we're running at our best at all times, which means that we're going to be running an offense, we're going to be running a defense that best suits the talent of the guys that we have on the roster right now. You know, and so at the very least, we should be far more efficient. And if we play, and because Iberflus is a disciple of Rod Marinelli, who is basically a disciple of uh, of Lovey Smith, we should be a lot more disciplined. We should be more high effort. And I think that's just going to make us a better football team across the board. Now, will that translate into wins and losses? That remains to be seen. But this year's schedule is the eighth easiest schedule in the NFL uh, this year. Uh, No road games in December uh, because in the month of December, we have three home games and our bye week. We don't have a bye week till week 14 uh, this year. Uh, Three primetime games all before week eight. So the last 10 games of the season are basically all noon games, except for maybe the week 18 matchup, which is right now to be determined because that's when, you know, they de- they determine who's going to play when it, based on who may or may not make the playoffs kind of thing. But, uh, you know, three primetime games, one on Thursday night, one on Sunday night football, one on Monday night. Everything else is CBS or Fox, which for me as a football fan, the Bears kicking off at noon on Sunday that's how I like to get down. There are no three o'clock games on the schedule because we don't have any West Coast teams, or at the very least, we don't have any West Coast road trips. Now, that's not to say the NFL won't flex those uh, at some point to uh, like, oh, well, this is more of a marquee matchup, so we're going to move this from noon to three o'clock, and it'll be the Fox game of the week or something uh, like that. But uh, right now, that's not the uh, case. But um We start the year with the 49ers uh, week one, and we'll get more into the schedule here in just a minute. Uh, It's only the third time in, uh, I think, the the history of the um, series that the Bears are meeting the 49ers week one. It's been the first time since 2003, uh, which was a wretched 49-7 loss, which was (sighs) – I don't know how many of you remember that game, but I, I was really looking forward to it. It was the the first year of the Cordell Stewart era. I was very excited when the Bears got him after watching, you know, Jim Miller, God bless him. He got us to the playoffs in 2001, but he was a cement shoes, no agility guy in the backfield, and we did not have a very good offensive line at the time. So getting Cordell Stewart, who could create things with his feet, I was very excited about the possibility of what he could do for the offense. And, yeah, that, that didn't work out at all. So... Uh, you know, starting with the first game of the year where we lost 49 to seven. And thankfully I did not get to watch that game. Cause I remember very vividly, that was the first weekend of my softball league, believe it or not. So I was actually listening to the game on the radio, uh, between innings. Like when, when, um, when my team was up to bat, I'd be sitting on the bench, uh, listening to the bears get murdered. And every time I came back to the bench, the bears had given up another touchdown, whether it be, uh, I think there were a couple of pick sixes uh, or whatever it was, but the Bears got absolutely shredded uh, in that game. <laughs> but that was also in San Francisco, and this one will be in uh, Soldier Field. Uh, only one road game after Thanksgiving. 
which is uh, pretty crazy. The Week 17 against the Lions is the last uh, is that one road game, and we're not alternating like we did last year, where it was away home, away home, away home, all the way down the schedule. That's not happening uh, this season. So um, you know, it, that's kind of how it starts off. It's home away home, but then you have two road. Then we the next four out of the next five are road games. We're away, away, home, away, away before we start packing on those, uh, you know, those uh, home games there. From week nine through the end of the season, we have one, two, three, four, five, six of those last eight games. Six of those last nine games are uh, home games. So it's a home heavy schedule on the back end. And um, what else? What other notes do I have here? Um yeah, no alternating, no no alter, alternating games like we had last year. Three primetime games: AFC East, NFC East, NFC North times two. Obviously, San Francisco, Houston, and Atlanta are our same place opponents. So let's dive into the schedule here. As I said, Week One we start at home this time. The last two years we've been out on the road uh, for the first game of the year, but we're home for the 49ers. That's one of our same place opponents, having both finished third uh, in our uh, division uh, a year ago. So home for the Bears, or home for the 49ers, that's a noon Fox game. And then week two, throwing Eberflus and company right into the fire. Sunday night football on the road at Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. And talk about an early measuring stick. I mean, granted, playing the 49ers, who were a few plays away from the Super Bowl last year, is an excellent measuring stick for the Bears. But, uh, you know, an, an, a, a, a big measuring stick that really counts as far as, you know, who we're really measuring up against. Uh, week number two, Sunday Night Football at Lambeau because NBC cannot put the Bears and Packers, um, you know, because NBC is, I guess, contractually obligated to only hold the Bears-Packers games at night. So um, it's only happened, I think, once in the last like 15 years or something like that, that the Bears and Packers have played a day game in Lambeau. And it was 2019, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, the one where I think it was Jesper Horstead or something like that. We were doing one of those crazy, you know, uh, schoolyard plays because we, we uh, were down by eight or something. And if Horstead had pitched the ball, I think to Cohen or Cordell Patterson, it would have turned into a, Touchdown that we would have been able to go for two and try to tie the game, but uh, didn't work out that way. But, um, you know, the Packers have swept the series since 2019 because we split the series. We lost week one in Lambeau. We won, I think, week 15 at home in Chicago and to win the division in 2018, actually. But, uh, you know, in 2019, we were swept by Green Bay and obviously last year and then. 2020, 2021, all switch. So it's, you know, six wins in a row at least for the uh, Packers. And I'm sure that the numbers get uglier as we go further and further back because I think 2017 were sweeps, 2016 were sweeps. Yeah, 2015 was when John Fox took the the Bears up there to Thanksgiving on on, uh, Brett Favre jersey retirement night and stole the victory uh, from the Packers. Uh, that year, man, that was a sweet win. That was a sweet win to be able to pull that one out. But, um, 
you know, this will be the first matchup, the first divisional game for Matt Eberflus on the road at the Packers. Same as it was for uh, Nagy, but Nagy had to do it week one uh, against the uh, against the Packers. Uh, Eberflus at least gets to uh, open up his bare tenure at home against the 49ers the week before. So we'll see how it uh, how it looks. One thing I'm not going to do here, guys, is break down wins and losses. That is absolutely madness to try to do at this point in time. Um, I think the only time that I'll probably do that will be somewhere around when uh, when Lauren Cox and I get together right before training camp, like right around preseason, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That's that's as that's as as close as I'll get to making any kind of wins and losses uh, prediction because. At this time of year, you can talk yourself into anything as far as trying to justify wins and losses. Um, I will say this, though. Ever since the schedule came out yesterday, um, I haven't seen much optimism from our from like Bears Twitter or anybody else online for that matter. Um, Again, like I said at the top of the show. One of the tricky things about looking at a new season is trying to look at it through is that we're most all, most of us are guilty of looking at it through the lens of last season. Thinking about all the things that went wrong and how poorly we played and, and all that kind of stuff. And also having the thought of new coaching, new general manager um, being a reason to drop teams down a peg or two. So... You know, how many times have we seen a new coach and a new general manager come in and have a successful opening year? Hell, we saw it happen four years ago when Matt Nagy came in with new coordinators and, uh, you know, a new offense and brought in a bunch of new players and and everything. Granted, we still had our general manager in place at the time, but it was a brand new head coach. It was supposed to be a new start uh, for the Bears and all that kind of stuff. And we went 12 and four and one uh, division. So. I'm just hoping that uh, if uh, Eberflus can manage to pull that off uh, in 2022, in 2022, that uh, 2023 and the years that follow aren't let down disappointments that suck the life out of us all. Because anybody who's been with me for a while, or at least in the last five years, knows how soul-crushing watching 2019 go down was uh for me personally like it was it was one of those years it it doesn't happen very often even even when the bears don't play well but it was one of those years where i i couldn't wait for the year to be done like i i really just wanted the year to be over with because the expectations going into 2019 were so high and we were legitimately legitimately excited and you know many people support were you know we're thinking the bears we're going to be one of those top teams and all that kind of stuff. And it all started week one against the Packers and that loss on Thursday night football to kick off the 100th season of the NFL. And it was like Mitch lost his mojo that day, and it was all downhill from there. You know, we went eight and eight, and we were lucky to be that way. Um, anybody who remembers listening to me talk about the games uh, back then was like we had like two or three really nice wins and then a handful of yeah, but wins. Like, yeah, the Bears won, but there was this. Yeah, the Bears won, but 
there was that uh, like that game against the Broncos week number two where we went down there and we beat Vic Fangio in his first home game with Denver. Yeah, we beat the Broncos, but that uh, roughing the quarterback call that gave the Bears that free 15 yards, that was bogus. We, you know, with, without that, we don't win the game. You know, things like that. And it's just uh, it was a bunch of victories like that aside from two really good-looking wins, one of which was against the – like week four against the Vikings. That was a solid, solid win for the Bears. And there was another one later on that year that I'm forgetting about. But overall, 2019 was a huge disappointment. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just like one of those years I just could not wait for it to be over. So, But here we are with this brand-new beginning in 2022. And, you know, there's uh, – I just wish that people were looking at this more with a more positive, having more of a positive outlook than than letting last year and Nagy's failure uh, and everything uh, taint their op- their outlook on 2022. You know, I'm not saying you have to drink the Kool Aid and say the Bears are going to go 12 and five, and that's how much of a, a difference Matt Nagy not being here uh, is going to make. But everybody's still sour on 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 Justin Fields, or, or at least pessimistic about him no, nobody really believes you know just it, but because it, also everybody at the same time keeps forgetting how detrimental uh naggy and his offensive philosophy if he even has one were to justin fields last year there was no cohesion to the offense the plays didn't build on one another he was just randomly calling shit out there just you know we all forget how much that hurt his development. And we also also seem to forget that literally from week three, his very first start against the Cleveland Browns, everybody said, start, you know, from Bear fans all the way up to like Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, you can just write off this year right now. Because if this is how Matt Nagy is going to coach this kid, he's not going to learn a thing. And the Bears will be starting over fresh next year with a brand new coaching staff in 2022. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Only Everybody seems to forget that we all kind of agreed that we just wanted to get Justin Fields through this season so we get him in better hands in 2022. We succeeded. You know, he missed some games because he was banged up and all that kind of stuff. But everything that we're hearing out of the camp right now sounds fantastic. Luke Getze couldn't speak highly enough of uh, Justin Fields and the progress that he's made in learning the offense and commanding the offense in the voluntary workouts and the OTAs that we've had thus far. And, you know, it, it's um, something that I'm, I'm deeply looking forward to. It sounds like Ryan Poles and, and company are, are well behind uh, Justin Fields and making him better and, you know, him being our quarterback uh, going forward. So I just wish that people would remember that. Like I said, I don't want people out there saying we're going to go 16 and one, and we're going to roll, you know, run right through this whole thing or, or, or whatever. But to sit here and talk about how, like, we're just going to have to choke our way through this one until we can start buying some players with that 120 million in cap space that we're going to have next year and, and our full slate of draft picks. So maybe Ryan Poles can work his magic in turning seven picks next year into 14 somehow uh, or something like that. So, you know, I don't want to look forward to 2023 because we got to get through. 2022 in order to get there so anyway back to the schedule like i said home for the 49ers at green bay sunday night football big early measuring stick for matt eberflus and company 
Then we come back home week three, noon on CBS, and host Lovey and the Houston Texans. That should be very interesting. Uh, it'll be a uh, 2021 quarterback class matchup between Justin Fields and Davis Mills. And, um, you know, we'd love to see what the Lovey-led Texans will look like. Um, you know, their last trip to Chicago in 2020, which started off with an 80-yard David Montgomery touchdown run literally on the first play from scrimmage, uh, didn't go so well. Uh, the You know, it was one of the few dominant defensive performances the Bears had uh, in 2020. Uh, Sean, or excuse me, Deshaun Watson had uh, statistically had a very good game, but uh, we still won that game like 36 to seven uh, or something like that. So it didn't really do much for the Texans. Week four, we head back out onto the road for the Giants uh, in uh, East Rutherford out there at the, what's that place called? Doesn't matter. Giants Stadium out there in New Jersey. Uh, noon on Fox again. Then, I don't know, I think the NFL screwed this up, but uh, apparently it's official. Instead of finishing at Minnesota week 18, we're going to Minnesota on October 9th, week number 5. Another noon Fox game, uh, Bears at Vikings. uh, You know, for six of the last seven years, the Bears have finished the year in Minnesota. 2015 being the lone exception. Actually, I have it written down. Hold on one second. Uh, Yeah. Starting in 2014, the Bears have finished the year in Minnesota every year. 2015 and 2020 were the exceptions. We were home for Detroit in 2015, home for Green Bay in 2020. But 2014, 16, 17, 18, and 2021 were all at Minnesota. So, yeah, the fact is uh, we're not finishing in Minnesota for only the third time since 2014. That's crazy. But um, we'll get to what our eight Week 18 matchup is here in just a moment. But we're going to Minnesota in October for the first time, I think, since, like, 2006. I mean, it's been a while, but it's also a good sign. The last time that we played early in the year in Minnesota, we uh, went to the Super Bowl. So works for me while I take a drink. Thank you. All right. So after we go to Minnesota and play the Vikings in October, uh, we go to Thursday night football. We come back home to take on the Washington Commanders. This will be on Amazon at 7 p.m. on the new Thursday night uh, home. So no more Fox games with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Now it's uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on uh, on Amazon. So Thursday, uh, the 13th of October, five months from today, as a matter of fact, 7.15 on Amazon. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, for the local area that they'll have some kind of uh, – or for the home markets, you should say, for, for Washington and Chicago, at least, you'd probably be able to watch that on, uh, you know, ABC or something like that just to pick up the game because they do stuff like that. And the Bears have their their little mini-buy because we, uh, we have 11 days because we're not playing on Sunday. We're playing on Monday, week number seven, our one and only Monday night appearance of the season. 
at New England against the Patriots on ESPN. Talk about, uh, speaking of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they are the brand new Monday Night Football team. And uh, so they'll be calling the game in New England, Bears-Patriots. That's uh, Mac Jones versus Justin Fields. And uh, the Bears returning to New England for the first time since 2014 when the Bears, number one, got murdered by the Patriots. I don't remember which one came first. I think it was, yes, this one came because 2014 was the second and final year for um, Mark Tressman. And this was, if I'm remembering correctly, this game, the New England game, was the game before the bye week where we lost like, it was like 50 to 21 or something like that. Excuse me. 50 to 21. We had two weeks off, you know, we had our bye week, came back on Sunday night football in Green Bay after the bye, and the score at halftime was 49 to nothing. 42, excuse me, 42 to nothing on way, en route to a 55 to 14 loss at the hands uh, of Green Bay. And the fact that Mark Tressman came out to coach the second half of that game was a shock to literally everyone. Like everyone just like they're just piling him onto the bus and sending him back to Chicago now to pack up his office and get the hell out uh, because that's, that's utterly embarrassing. You know, we give up two fifty burgers in a row. Aaron Rodgers threw six touchdown passes in the first half uh, of the game. It was just brutal uh, to watch, but um Hopefully, our return to New England will be a better one uh, for us. Uh, of course, that game in New England was capped off by uh, the Bears being down like 35 points. And Lamar Houston, who is a defensive end and the big free agent signing for the Bears in that, uh, that offseason, got his first sack of the year uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo because um, – Tom Brady was uh, riding the bench for the second half because he was team was up by forty points. He sacks Jimmy Garoppolo, and in his sack celebration, blows out his ACL. He literally blew out his ACL, and he was done for the year after celebrating a sack in a, a meaningless sack at the end of a game where his defense had given up fifty points already in the ball game. So. Yeah, celebrating the sack like he just shut him down on third and one and knocked him out of field goal range or something like that. No, no. It was some pointless sack at the end of a football game where his defense had already given up 50 points and the game was already lost. He's out there celebrating like he just shut him down. (laughs) And what is ACL? Now, it's never funny when somebody gets hurt. And I wasn't laughing about him getting hurt. Uh, I was laughing at... uh, how he got hurt because that's freaking hilarious too. This is like, what are you celebrating? You know, just like any, uh, any of my OGs out there remember like back in the nineties, a kicker for the Cardinals, I believe Martin Gramatica always had this wild ass uh, celebration whenever he would kick an, a field goal or, or something like that. And one time he got so excited because he would do this like running thing. He would jump up in the air and, do like this Superman fist punch and all that kind of stuff came down awkwardly on his leg, blew out his knee. 
and we didn't hear too much about him. Actually, I don't remember if it was Martin because there were a couple of Grammaticas in the league at the time. Maybe it was Bill. Either way, a Grammatica blew out his knee celebrating a, um, a field goal to make it 3 nothing in the first quarter, and uh, he was done for the year uh, after that. So, um, yeah, so hopefully our return to New England goes better than it did eight years ago when we lost like 50-21 to 21, uh, to Brady and the Patriots. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by ColorCast. Guys, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time, and it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS uh, app store, create a profile, and link your Twitter and join a group. Follow me at BTU Larry to be I, to be notified when my room goes live, and we'll be going live on ColorCast every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come and join the spiciest takes. Come find the new home for Club 34-7. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in Sports Drink, spelled like Sports Drink but without the vowels, so S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you we're trying not to let out the funk. Uh, then we come home on a, on a quick return because we only get six days to get ready for the next game. We're actually, it's on the road again. My, my apologies. We go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. And from here on out, guys, it's noon. Noon on Sunday, noon on Sunday, noon on Sunday. Because all of our primetime games at week seven are now over. So week eight beyond, unless we get flexed into a different spot, whether it be a late afternoon game, or we get flexed to Sunday night football at some point. It's all noon, either on Fox or CBS uh, from here on out. So Fox, noon on Fox at uh, on uh, Sunday, October 30th at the Cowboys. Then we come home, week number nine, the Miami Dolphins, noon on CBS. And the Dolphins is always tricky for the Bears because you know how there's just that team out there that always seems to have your number no matter what. No matter how good you are, no matter how bad they are, doesn't matter. They always seem to be able to pull it out uh, against you. The Dolphins appear to be one of those teams for the Bears. Um, I have seen, you know, the Bears and the Dolphins don't get together very often. Um, but when they do, I've seen the Bears lose that game more times than not. Uh, I mean, several, I mean, obviously we're talking, you know, 85, they were the only team that beat the Bears uh, that year. <coughs> Excuse me. They were the only team to beat the Bears uh, that year. Uh, I think back to 91, it was like a late November football game. Uh, the Bears were 11-5 and five that year. They went to the playoffs, lost to the Cowboys in the wild card round, uh, but one of the losses that they suffered was this inexplicable overtime loss to the Dolphins uh, in 91. Think back to 2006, the other year that we went 
to the Super Bowl. The Bears are 6-0. and The Dolphins are 0-6. They come to Soldier Field. Not only did they beat us, they kicked our ass uh, in that game. It was bad. So, yeah. You know, and then, of course, uh, you know, 2018, when the Bears went to Miami, you know, rough first half, but a 21-point third quarter, and somehow we couldn't hang on to win. Um, Cody Parkey misses what could have been a game winner. In overtime, the Dolphins get the ball back and kick the field goal to win. Um, and this was the Bears' first – this was the first taste of the Bears not being prepared coming out of a bye, that shaky first half uh, against the Dolphins under the Matt Nagy uh, era. But the Dolphins always seemed to have – because the Dolphins weren't a very good football team uh, in 2018. And the Bears were on fire, having barely lost the opener to Green Bay in, in, uh, in week one. We rattled off three straight victories, culminated with the uh, Mitch Trubisky epiphany, where he threw six down, six touchdown passes uh, against the Buccaneers en route to a forty-eight to ten victory. We have an early Week Five bye, and then Week Six we're in Miami, and we look as unprepared and unready as you can be. I know the heat and humidity had something to do with it uh, while we we're out there. I also blame the orange jerseys because we were wearing orange jerseys in Miami that day. Uh, so as to not have to wear the dark jerseys in the heat and humidity uh, of Florida. But uh, nonetheless, we should have beaten that team, and uh, we came away empty-handed. Tua and company, uh, with a new head coach and, and whatnot, are coming into Chicago on November 6th, and we'll see how it all works out from there. Week number 10, only our third division game of the season and our first visit from the Detroit Lions uh, in 2022, another noon Fox game. They're very interested to see where these teams are at in week number 10, you know, with the improvements that the Lions are, are making to their uh, to their football team. Uh, you know, they have Aiden Hutchinson, who many people consider to be the best player in this year's draft. They got him at number two when the Jaguars decided to go with Trayvon Young, uh, number one uh, overall. The, they traded up to get uh, Jamison Williams uh, from the uh, from Alabama uh, at number 12. Uh, you know, then they've been making moves to try to improve that football team. Brad Holmes, the new general manager uh, of the uh, Dolphin Dolphins, the D Detroit Lions, you know, in year number two of his regime, trying to put something together and to see where they'll be at, uh, you know, week 10. I doubt very much they'll be 0-9 coming into this thing like they were last year where they were just the worst football team. But um We'll see what uh, what happens when the Lions come to town. The Bears at you know home for the Lions. That's usually a pretty good place uh, to pencil in a, an easy W uh, for the Bears. But we'll see where we're at in that time of year. And then two of the last road trips of the season are back to back. Week number eleven, we're at Atlanta, taking on the Falcons. Another Fox noon game, and then at the Jets, completing our New York New York trips. This year, noon on Fox as well on the 27th. You know, Atlanta is another team, which is also kind of becoming a, a running joke because, um, you know, they're like the Atlanta Bears. Because not only is Phil Emery working there as an executive, that's where Ryan Pace landed when the Bears let him go. And they proceeded to bring in uh, Nick Witkowski, uh Jermaine Afidi, um, 
Rashad Coward ended up out there. God only knows why he's still playing football. But, you know, Cordell Patterson, he signed with them last season, uh, had a fantastic year for them. Like the Falcons used them, I think, the way Matt Nagy envisioned using Cordell Patterson uh, when we signed him back in 2019, uh, you know, just using him as the, the Swiss Army knife that he is and turning him into one of the more productive weapons in all uh, of the NFL uh, last year. But Damian Williams ended up in uh, Atlanta, and I'm sure there's a couple others that I'm forgetting. Tease Tabor uh, is out there, and I'm sure there's one or two others that I'm not remembering right now. But it's like every Chicago Bears cast-off that did not survive the transition to Ryan Poles seems to have found his way down to Atlanta uh, with Ryan Pace because Ryan Pace has his guys, and he's just going to have them out there. But no more Matt Ryan. He's been traded to Indianapolis. He'll be quarterbacking the Colts uh, for at least uh, this season. They signed Marcus Mariota. Right now he's the starting quarterback. They drafted uh, Desmond Ritter from the University of Cincinnati. Um you know, they've got two crazy offensive passing weapons in Drake London, who they drafted in the first round this year, and Kyle Pitts, who they drafted in the first round last year. Uh, as long as they can put some kind of defense together, they might have something working there uh, in Atlanta. And by the time we see them week 11, which is November 20th, uh, we should have some kind of answer as to what kind of football team the Falcons have shaped up uh, to be. And then week 12 – at the Jets, the Jets are one of the more intriguing teams coming into 2022. It's year two for Robert Sala. They had an outstanding draft where they basically got, like in their first four picks, they got like the best player at his position in their, you know, in their respective uh, spots. They got Sauce Gardner. Uh, they had three first-round picks. They got Sauce Gardner. Uh, they drafted... Um, Defensive end from Florida State, whose name is eluding me right now. They got him at like 26 when he was like the night. Like I was watching the draft on the NFL Network. Daniel Jeremiah could not stop repeating the fact that this guy was like his number nine prospect and he was on the board until the Jets traded back in to the first round at 26 to take him. And there was another player that they drafted. Actually, I think I have it in here. I think I have the draft in my book here. Or did I throw those out? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I got rid of those notes. Yeah, those are gone. But um, anyway, and then they drafted uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall? Something like that. Running back from Iowa State, who was the number one rated running back. First one off the board uh, when they picked in the early uh, second round. So you add that to what they were able to pick up in, in free agency year two of Zach Wilson, who was the number two overall pick last year. And if it works, if it clicks, if it comes together, the jets really might be on to something. Will they be able to challenge the bills? I don't know if they'll be able to do it this year, but if it clicks, they're on the right path. And that's kind of always been the thing with the jets is that they can make a a lot of pretty moves and, and do some impressive looking things, but it's never translated into wins uh, on the field. They're, they're a perennial loser aside from like the first two years of the Rex Ryan era, where they went to back to back AFC championship games, their success has not been longstanding. So especially since then, 
Uh, they've been they've lost a hell of a lot more football games than they've won uh, in that time period. And, um, you know, they're going to see if uh, if what they did is going to translate into some wins or at least some uh, more competition, being more competitive and, uh, you know, not ending up in the top five of the draft uh, for the third year uh, in a row. And then the last game before the bye, it's a home game. Sunday, December 4th, home, close out the series with the Packers, noon on Fox. Um, you know, this will be a another big game. Uh, who knows what this will mean to either team at this point uh, in the year. But um, it'll be the game before the bye. So it's either going to, in, in my opinion, just looking at this and, and not having a bye till week 14, which is, I think, pretty sure the last week that anyone can have a bye week. How banged up will the Bears be? How desperate will we be for this bye week? I mean, granted, we get the mini bye about seven weeks earlier uh, after the the Commanders game from week seven, week six into week seven. We got a eleven days between playing on Thursday night before we play again on Monday night football on the 24th but you know it's it's not the same as as having that whole week uh to yourself and um you know because you you spend a lot of that time preparing for uh the next game so you know will the bears be in a position that this is a great time for them to take a week off and recharge to get ready for um the stretch run or, you know, will we be trying out new lineups to see what we got to get ready for 2023 uh, kind of thing? You know, at this point in the season, that's not a foregone conclusion. So we have our week 14 bye. And then, like I said, the like the OK, so what I said before earlier, Green Bay is the first game of December. Then we have a bye week and then the close out to close out December. We have two home games home for the Eagles. Home for the Bills, really looking forward to that one. Um, but those are the four games or the four weeks of December. No road games uh, in December. And I, I believe I heard today on a podcast that it's the first time since like 1964 that the Bears had no road games uh, in December. So that was a hell of a long time ago that uh, this phenomenon took place for the Bears uh, in their schedule. And um, so, like I said, we're home for Green Bay. We got to buy Court 14. And then week 15, Sunday, the 18th of December, home for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's noon on Fox. And then because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, pretty much the entire NFL is playing on Saturday, Christmas Eve, the 24th. That includes our beloved Chicago Bears um, with their home game against the Bills on Saturday, they're treating Christmas like Thanksgiving, where there's three games on Thanksgiving Day, one early game, one late game, and one night game uh, when I was looking at the schedule uh, yesterday. I don't remember who those games were off the top of my head, but that's how it was. And then there's a Monday night game as well. So, so yeah, but um, that game against the Eagles, year two for Nick Sirianni, they managed to make it to the playoffs Last year, they traded for A.J. Brown uh, on draft day. Uh, they've made some really strong draft picks uh, as well. Year two under Jalen Hurts, uh, they did not, you know, try to draft a quarterback or trade one, trade for one 
uh, or anything uh, like that. It's Jalen Hurts' team, so they went out and got him some weapons and see where, uh, you know. And with the thing about the NFC East is that I think since we uh, did the realignment back in 2002 when it became four divisions uh, in each conference, no one in the NFC East has won back-to-back uh, divisions. I actually think the Eagles were the last to do it in like 2003, 2004, something like that. It's been a really long time uh, since it happened. Uh, the Cowboys won it last year in 2021 at 12 and five. And if history holds, it's somebody else's turn to win the division. And a lot of people feel like the Eagles might be the team that's in the best position uh, to pull that off. So time will tell uh, if that's actually true. And with this being a week 15 ball game between the Bears uh, and the Eagles, the Eagles could be gearing up for their next uh, playoff run. They were a one and done uh, team that went out pretty easily against the uh, Buccaneers in the wild card round last year. But, uh, you know, looking to uh, use that experience to get themselves back in there because this was a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs last year. And they got in on the back end as the seven seed uh, last year. So they're looking to improve. Uh, upon that and uh, feel like they're in a good position to um, take the division this year, especially if if history holds in the NFC East and there's a brand new champion uh, again this year. And then the Buffalo Bills, to me, that's a late season measuring stick ball game. We, we talked at the top of the schedule where obviously the 49ers being, uh, you know, one of the top teams in the conference last year. But week two being against the Packers, it's on the road. It's Sunday night football. It's national television. You know, how will uh, Iberflus get his team prepared uh, to take on uh, that football game? You know, will we be competitive with the Packers for a change as opposed to just rolling over? If you guys, you know, were listening to the um, Retro Rewind episodes, the one I did with Emery Moorhead, and then the other one I did with uh, Evan Western for those for the 86 games and the 89 game was you know this was a time in the series where the bears were the packers and the packers were the bears as far as like where they are today the bears were the dominant team that was always in the mix in the nfc they always won the division it was just a matter of how deep into the playoffs they would go just like it is right now with the packers and the packers were the bears and the fact that yeah maybe we might have a decent season every once in a while but for the most part we're not a very good football team, and we sure as hell don't have a shot as hell in hell in this series. However, knowing that, the Packers never played like that. And that was the thing that I admired going back and watching those old uh, games was that the Packers knew they weren't as good, a fo- especially that game in 86. The Bears were 10-2. and two, The Packers were 2-10. and 10. They know they don't have a snowball's chance in hell as far as talent-wise winning this football game. This is the defending world champions. They're playing as well, if not better, than they played the year before when they went 15-1 and won the, and, and won the whole damn thing. But they're going to go in there, and they're going to hit them in the mouth. They're going to make the Bears beat them instead of rolling over and letting the Bears do their thing, which is sadly how I feel the Bears have been, especially those last three years under Matt Nagy, where, you know, the Packers just impose their will and we roll over and let them do whatever they're going to do and walk away with easy victories and put, you know, Aaron Rodgers in a position to scream at Bear fans in Soldier Field that I own you. And uh, Matt Nagy 
you know, not basically Matt Nagy being okay with it. Not going to let him do anything. Uh, not going to say anything about it. Not going to take umbrage with it, even in press conferences afterwards. It's basically like, well, he's not lying. It's like it doesn't matter if he's lying. That should take. That should be offensive to you. You should be upset. They would have the nerve to do that in your own building. I am very much hoping that under Matt Nieberflus, that is a thing of the past. This cockiness and, and everything that, 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 that you see kind of take the Packers over when, when they're playing the Bears. I want that to go away. You know, I, I, I want this to be a competitive game. I mean, you guys have heard me say this a thousand times in the last handful of years, but the Bears and the Packers are rivals, but it hasn't been a rivalry for such a long time. I know that it's going to be a while before we can overtake this series and be the dominant team in the series again. I just want to see our Bears today played like those Packers did back then. We know we're not as good as football team as them, but we're not going to – you're not going to win just because you showed up. You're going to have to win by beating us. You're going to have to earn every yard. You're going to have to earn every point, and we're going to make you pay for it in the process. That's the attitude that those Packers had then. That's the attitude I want our Bears to have now, win or lose uh, against these Packers. I don't want them walking away like, yeah, we won, because, of course, it's we're the Packers and they're the Bears, so we won. No, no, it would be like, man, that was a fight. I don't want to see those guys again. So when they come walking into Soldier Field in week number 13, I want them to still be nursing the bruises from week number two. You know, I, I want them to be carrying scars from that game and, uh, you know, come in a little bit, little bit less cocky and a little bit more cautious and see if we can't catch them with their pants down. And the Bills week number 16 here, like I said, is, is like another measuring stick because this is you know, if, if many people have their way, this is going to be the AFC champion this year. They're in a spot to do that. Can can Cincinnati repeat? Can Kansas City rebound? Or will Buffalo just continue on the trajectory that they were on uh, when they lost that game to Kansas City in the division? One of the greatest playoff games I have ever seen uh, last year. So, you know, can they build upon that? Can they, uh, you know, did they find their missing pieces in the offseason? Will Von Miller help them get after Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow uh, in the playoffs uh, this year? Uh, and and can, they, uh, can they bridge the gap between the divisional round and the Super Bowl and, and get to uh, Glendale, Arizona this year and play for the, play for the whole deal? Um, where we are and how we play against the Bills will say a lot about the Bears and, and who we could be going into 2023. And then finally, week number 17, our last road game of the season, we go to Detroit to close out the series with them, noon on Fox. And then week 18, we return home for the first time in, let me see, I wrote it down. First time since, well, 2020, we played at Green Bay at home. But against the Vikings, we, I mean, I, I went all the way back to 2010. In 2010, 2010, 11 and 12, we were on the road. Home in 2013, which I don't want to talk about what happened week 17 in 2013. But uh, home for 2013, away in 2014, home in 2015, away in 2016, 17, 18, and 19, before being home for the Packers in 2020. 
Oh, by the way, all of those road games from 2014 were against the Vikings. So for only the, let's see, one, two, three, only for the fourth time since 2010 will the Bears be finishing the season at home. And the first time since God knows when, that game will be against the Vikings. Because the other home games since 2010 were against the Packers and the Lions. Ever since, I think, was it 2008, 2009, something like that, when uh, Goodell started making sure that every last game of the season was a divisional game. But, um, yeah, we're usually in Minnesota week 17, week 18, closing out the year. This year, we're going to be in Chicago, in Soldier Field, in the Elements, playing the Vikings outdoors. How's that going to go? Looking forward to it, though. Looking forward to it for sure. But that's how we finish it up at home against the Vikings. Seventh time in nine seasons, the Bears are playing Minnesota uh, the last week of the season, only the first time at home. You know, and like I said, only the fourth time since 2010, the Bears finished season at home. So we start at home and we finish at home. Can't remember when was the last time we did that. So, but uh, recap once again, eighth easiest schedule uh, in the NFL, no road games in December, three prime time games all before our eight uh all before week number eight and it's the afc east nfc east uh san francisco houston and atlanta which are same place opponents and our nfc north opponents times two there you have it folks there's the 2022 schedule um like i said i'm not going to do wins and losses it's just too early uh for that there's so much we don't know uh about this team What's the offensive line going to look like? Hell, the guy who might be starting on, uh, you know, a guy who could be starting on the offensive line might not even be on the team right now, let alone, uh, you know, emerging from the people that we drafted or uh, signed thus far. Maybe to be another Jason Peters guy that we pull off the street uh, in training camp. And, oh, there's this veteran guard that needed a job. Oh, he's coming in. He's going to be the starting right guard for the Bears uh, or something like that. So there's so much we don't know. And, uh, you know, like, I know that I said I'd probably make some try to record prediction going into the preseason. I'm actually going to have to see the Bears play a little bit. I know the preseason doesn't mean much, but I got to see what this team looks like in pads and live action before I can start talking about uh, wins and losses. So, anyway, I think that's going to do it for me tonight, guys. I uh, really appreciate you guys hanging out. And um, we'll be back uh, hopefully next week. I got Jeremy Reisman on the hook. He wants to do a retro rewind episode with me. We're kind of debating on which one, uh, which game between the Bears and the Lions that we want to go to uh, and look back on, uh, see what we can do uh, at that point. But, um, you know, it won't be long now. I'm, I'm working the phones and the emails and the DMs and whatnot, setting up my guests for our opponent preview series that will either be at the end of this month or the beginning of June to get us ready to kind of barrel our way through the back end uh, of this uh, off season here to make our way to, to the preseason and uh, training camp to get ready for the 2022 campaign. This is kind of like day one of, of 2022. Now that the schedule is out and it's official and we know the road uh, from uh, week one to week 18, now the 2022 season is real. Like all this off season stuff and all that kind of stuff was great getting us ready for all of this. But now that the schedule is out, the schedule is coming. The season is coming. It's happening. I can't wait. 
Uh, I wish that I would actually have done the math to find out how many days between now and week one on September 11th, but we'll just have to leave that up to uh, maybe some other time. Anyway, guys, keep the eyes on the social media at BTU underscore Larry on Instagram and on Twitter. You can always join the Facebook group at Bears Talk Underground on Facebook. So um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Until then, my name is Larry D. We'll see you next time.